Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would help us to find that kind of courage, that, that we would be able to persevere, God, that, that we know that, that there's just difficult things that happen in this life. But God, we know that if we have faith in you, that, that that's what restores our hope, no matter how tough time seemed to be. So I pray that we wouldn't lose that, God, if, if anybody has lost that. God, I pray that they would be able to find that again, they would gain it. God, for anybody that, that maybe they're just tuning in today and and faith in you is something that's just not been part of their life. God, I pray that today would be a day that their faith journey would begin in you and they would discover that, God, you are there and you have purpose for us. And, God, that you carry us through the most difficult of times. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, a couple of weeks ago, we started this series, Perseverance. It's the beginning of the year and thought, hey, wh why don't we look at what it means to be able to persevere through some difficult times? And, and we looked at this idea that, that we have to be the people that we're willing to, to face life with faith. If that's what we're going to do, that, that we can get through the toughest and the most difficult of circumstances that do come our way. And when we think about facing life with faith, that one of the things that we looked at is that our circumstances, at times, they might feel like they're too much for us but they are never too much for God. And that's why we need to be facing life with faith because our circumstances, the difficulties, it's never going to be too much for God, even though it might be too much for us. The last week we looked at cutting through anxiety. That anxiety has a plan and anxiety's plan is just to cause us to worry. That, that's the only plan that it has. And worry has a plan too. Worry's plan is to cause anxiety. They, they just work cyclically in what they want to do and keep pointing to each other. And we looked at that five steps to, to cut through anxiety, that, that we could just give it the ax, that, that we could cut right through the anxiety in our lives. And we looked at Philippians chapter four, verses four through eight, and just saw these five principles inside of scripture of what it means for us to be able to cut through anxiety. If you missed that, I'd encourage you to go back and to catch that. And today we're going to just piggyback on where we ended up last week, and we're going to talk about winning the worry war. That winning the worry war. I wonder, what's your relationship with worry like? What is that for you? That maybe for you, you're somebody that you would say, yeah, yeah, worry keeps hitting on me, but I just keep ignoring it. I'm not interested in going out with worry. Maybe you're somebody that you would say, you know what, you're, you're flirting with worry right now, and, and worry's kind of flirting back, and this is kind of the flirty stage of that relationship. Maybe for you, you're at a place when it comes to worry that, that you're like going, um, yeah, we're, we're dating, we're kind of exclusive at this point, that, uh, you know, worry's just for me, and I'm just for worry, and we're just kind of, kind of tight and just seeing where it's going to go. Maybe you're somebody that you go, you know, no, I, I broke up with worry. I, I, worry was not the right relationship for me. I broke up with worry, but worry keeps stalking me. It, it, it's stalking. I, I can't get it to stop, and it keeps stalking me. Maybe you've been in that casual dating for a while with worry, and, and you went, you know, it's, it's time to take things to the next level. And so you invited worry to move in with you. And so worry's just kind of kind of living with you, you know, and it's just you come home to worry every single day. Or maybe you've taken it to the ultimate relationship and you've chosen to marry worry. And that you have that vow that you've exchanged with worry 
until death do us part. That we're just going to worry. I don't know where you're at in your relationship with worry. But I do know that, that probably every single one of us here, we've worried at some point in our life. That maybe you're here and you came in and, and you already have some, some worries. Maybe this is your first time to be in church in a very long time because you've had a very worrisome first of the year and you went, it's time for me to try a church. I'm, I'm worried about what's happening. Maybe that will be the thing for me. Maybe worry is just something that you look at and go, yeah, it's been in my past. It's really not in my present. But if you're not careful, it's going to be back in your future. But we all have this, this relationship with worry. And the best place that we can be in this relationship is that it's over. That, that we broke up and that we're done. And we're ignoring worry's approach and tactics to try to date again. Well, we're going to be looking today at what can we do to win the worry war. And if you're somebody that, that maybe, maybe you're not even a Christ follower, maybe this whole thing about church, I just don't know about that. That, that what you're going to see is you're going to see that, that there's going to be some things that you can learn from Scripture about what Jesus had to teach, and we're even going to go back further than that and see things from the Old Testament of what was taught about worry and, and what we can do and what the right approach is with life when there are things that can seem to be concerning because of the circumstances that we face. I, I think about this with worry. I, I think that if I were to ask this question, how many of you are currently worrying that, that you would start to worry that I actually want you to show your hands because I don't want others to know that I'm worrying. You know, but, but if I were to ask it and say, hey, how many of us have ever worried? You'd be like, okay, I'm a whole lot better with that because probably everybody's going to raise their hand. You know, because we do, we, we get concerned about others knowing about what our worries are. And, and here's, here's the thing about worrying is worrying gives a false feeling of having control in situations that are out of our control. See, it gives this false feeling that we have control over situations that are out of our control. And it's very alluring because we think it's going to give us some control, but it just doesn't. Listen, God has never called us to control our circumstances. That's not a calling that he has on any believer's life. But what he has called us to do is he's called us to trust him with our circumstances. He has called us to do this. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6. We're also going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 11. Matthew's in our New Testament. It's one of the Gospels. And, and then Deuteronomy is going to be the fifth book in our Bible if we're just turning through from the beginning. And it's from the Old Testament before Christ came. And, and so we're going to be looking at these two different passages and, and seeing what we can glean and gain from Scripture when it comes to, to worry. So Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, he's given his, his longest message, his longest sermon, message on the mount, sermon on the mount, whatever you want to, want to call that. And, and, and he's given this, it spans a few chapters in our book of Matthew, and, and so it just covers many, many different things. But one of the areas that Jesus covers is he covers the area of worry. And, he, and, he, and he, as he starts to break into this area, he's telling us, hey, don't, don't, don't worry, don't, don't be somebody, don't, don't even be somebody that you would even concern yourself with storing up treasures here on earth. 
That, that, that don't worry about that. Don't, don't go down that road of, of storing up treasures here on earth where, where moth end up destroying and, and, and vermin come in and they end up tearing it apart or where, where, worse, where, where thieves come in and they begin to steal and take what it is that, that we've stored up. He, he said just the opposite. Then he goes, instead, store up your treasures in heaven. Because if that's what we're doing, if we're living our life in such a way that we're storing up our treasures in heaven, that, that don't, no, moth, no moth, no vermin, they don't get to come in and do this. Thieves, they don't get past those pearly gates. They can't get in there and take and steal what is there. That, that Jesus goes on to say, he says, wherever our treasure is, there our heart will also be. That whatever it is that we're treasuring, and as he's speaking to these people, he can, he can see it in their eyes. He knows that they're people that, that worrying is part of their life. And he looks at them and he says, you can't serve two masters. You're going to hate one, love the other, be devoted to one, despise the other. And then he says, you can't serve God and money. And after he shares all of that, then he gets to where we're going to start reading. In Matthew chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 25. He says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? That Jesus said it. Do not worry. And, and so since Jesus said this, none, none of us should be worrying. But if only it were that easy. That Jesus said it, and just, we just kind of automatically just, boom, went into that mode and went, hey, we're just, we're just not worrying because Jesus told us not to. But instead, we can let the cares and concerns bring these worries into our lives. When, when I think about worrying, I think that worrying, it's like having a file system for your mind. That, 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 that people that that they're really committed to this worry relationship. It's, they've let worry move in or they've even married worry. I, I think people that get that committed to worrying, they, they have an incredible file system for their worries. In fact, they've even got individual folders that they've labeled on their folders what their worries are. And they go, hey, I got some, I got some health worries and that the, the health, and, and it's, it's, it's very concerning. In fact, I'm actually worried about it. And so they, they have a file system. They know exactly where it goes. They've got some detailed notes going on there of knowing what's going on. And they go, okay, I just, I just need to file that because I want to be able to, to keep up with that. I want to be able to return to that later, whether I need to look at something again or whether I need to add something to it. That, that we've, got, we've got financial worries. And then with our financial worries, again, we, we know we, we've, got, we've got lots of pages of our financial worries. And so, and so we, we, we have a place that we file and we put them. And we go, that's, that's right where they are. I'm going to be able to return to that. We've even, we've even got our comfort worries. You know, because isn't that what we all want? We just want a comfortable life. We, we just want life to be comfortable. We don't want to retire comfortably. I mean, we just want our comfort. You know, when, when you go furniture shopping, you know what the first thing is you do? You check out and see if it's comfortable, don't you? Okay, because you know what? You, you're worried. 
Is this going to be comfortable enough for me? We, we, we do. We, we worry about these things. That, and we create a file system because we know that sometimes things are going to come back up and, and that we need to worry again and we need to return to, or to our files and go, oh, I think I had a folder on that already. Yep, oh, I, I did. Relationship worries. And so we, we return to it and, and we might add to it. We might go, oh, you know what? Yeah, I think I don't need to try to show. I don't know if I can yet. No, I'm just going to keep it in there because I, I don't want to give up a good worry. But we do. We, we have these. And, and then we have this category, especially those that are really committed to worrying. Is they have this category. <clears throat> Future potential worries. Right? I mean, we, we, we don't, we don't want to waste a worry opportunity, right? And, and, and so it seems like when we've been able to have everything else is kind of stored away and not, you know, I'm just going to tuck that away for now, but we go, I need something to worry about. What do we do? We, oh, let me start thinking about the future and I'll be able to have something I can worry about again. And, and, and we do, we, we, we file it all. We know exactly where it's at. We can return to it. And, and that's what we end up doing when, when we are really good with our worries and worryings, that we organize our worries. We end up filing our worries. We categorize, categorize our worries. We even will color code and what goes into what color of the file bin because we've got to keep up with our worries, right? And as long as we're doing this, we're not going to win the worry war. That We can't keep returning and reviewing our worries, what I want to do is I want to share with you some misconceptions that promote worrying. That there's these misconceptions and, and because people get convinced that these are true when they're not, it just causes people to keep returning to worrying. One of these misconceptions is that worrying motivates me. I, I, I need to be worried because when I'm worried, I'm motivated. There are far better ways to be motivated than to be worrying. But it is a misconception. Another misconception is that worrying, it avoids unwelcomed surprises. That, that it just, it avoids them. And that's a misconception. Because yeah, you can worry about it in advance. You can even be thinking about it. And even though it's unwelcome, guess what? It still comes, even though you worried about it. And so it doesn't prevent it doesn't take and go, hey, I'm going to avoid these unwelcomed worries, these unwelcomed surprises. That worrying, another misconception, it creates a safety bubble. And we, hey, you know, some of us, we try to create a really big one, okay? But, but it, it's this misconception that we create the safety. But, but you know what happens to bubbles? They burst. It, it doesn't do any good to go, hey, I'm going to worry about it because I'm going to create a safety bubble because your safety bubble isn't strong enough to avoid the circumstances that could be coming. The last one I'll share with you is that this misconception is that worrying prevents future problems. It doesn't prevent them. And, and some people, they start to think, oh, well, it, may, it might not prevent them, but it, it causes me to be more prepared. But I want you to think about it. Even when our fears come true, worrying in advance that it rarely helps us to cope with them once they show up. 
It, it rarely really helps us to be prepared for what it is that's come our way. So Jesus has said, do not worry about your life. Let, let's pick up verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? That we're God's most prized creation. Every living, breathing thing that God has created, he, he spoke it into existence except for when he created humanity. When he created Adam, he breathed his life into existence. That we're different from all other creation. That, that humanity, we have a soul. That, that we were created for eternal relationship with God. We're different from all others. And he says, look at the birds and look at how God takes care of them. How much more is he going to take care of you? And then Jesus asks this rhetorical question. Verse 27. Can any one of you by worrying at a single hour to your life? It wasn't that he wanted an audible answer from anybody, but what he was going for was to make sure that everybody could have that aha moment of going, oh, yeah, or it does not add to my life. That what worrying is, is worrying is an attempt to control what you don't have control over. And it attempts to do this. It attempts to control these things that we have no control over. Worrying, it doesn't add hours to our life. In fact, there are a lot of studies that show that our worrying that leads to stress takes hours and days from our life. That it doesn't add value to our life. It subtracts value from our life. Verse 28, and why do you worry about your clothes? Seeing how the flowers of the field grow, they do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. Now they would have known who Solomon was. Solomon was a king. He wasn't the current king, but he was the wealthiest king that Israelites had ever had. And they're saying, hey, Jesus said, here's Solomon who had more at his disposal than anybody else. And he was not clothed as good as the flowers that your heavenly father has created. Verse 31. Oh, we're not at verse 31. Find my place where I left off. Verse 30, thank you. Verse 30. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and, to, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith. See, when he sees that worry in their, in their eyes, he knows this. He knows that they have little faith because where there's much faith, there's little to no worry. But where there is little to no faith, there is much worry. Verse 31, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. They run after him as if, if it's going to be, it's up to me. But, but your Heavenly Father knows what your needs are and he's going to provide for us. That we need to stop worrying so that we can start living. 
That's what we need to do. That we stop worrying so that we can start living. So I want to share two ways to overthrow worry. If we're going to win the worry war, we need to look at the ways. How do we overthrow worry in our life? And so the first way is to seek God first. Seek God first. That, that, that we would center our lives around God, around Christ, and that we would seek God first. In fact, Jesus shared this, verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. All of what things? Being taken care of with all your basic needs. That, that you're going you're gonna to have food, you're going to have clothing, you're, you're going to have shelter. God is going to take care of you. Listen, our number one concern has been identified for us. And it's what Jesus was saying right here. Seek God first. That should be our number one concern. We don't have to be worried about it, but we need to concern ourselves with seeking God first. The, the concerns and worries, they're, they're different. That there are things that we do need to be concerning ourselves with. That, that if you're a parent and you're raising kids right now, that we need to be concerned with our kids' development. That we need to be concerned with their spiritual development. We need to be concerned with their physical development. We need to be concerned with their educational development. That we need to be concerned with their relational development. That, that we need to concern ourselves with it. Not worry, but concern ourselves with them. We need to be concerned about ourselves in, in the same ways. And that, that, that we all have different responsibilities. And we need to concern, not worry about it, but we need to concern ourselves with the responsibilities that we have. The responsibilities that we have at home, the responsibilities that we have at work, the responsibilities that we have in our community, the responsibilities that we have at our church, the responsibilities that we have for our country. We, we have concerns. And we do need to be concerned about them and say, I need to be responsible for that. The, the concerns, concerns are rooted in circumstances. What, what is it that's happening that, that causes me to be concerned and what plan do I need to have because of what's happening? The, the concern, it is rooted in circumstances. But worry, worry is not rooted in circumstances. Worry is rooted in insecurity. That, that's what worry is rooted in. That, that we get insecure, we're, we're insecure with ourselves, we're insecure with God. God, are you going to be there? Are you going to come? That worry is rooted in insecurity. Verse 34, Jesus said, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So don't worry about those future worries. That, that's not what we need to be concerned with. That, that, that each day has enough trouble of its own. Here's another thing to know about worry. That, that worrying, when we worry, worry occupies the parts of our mind where faith needs to live. That it occupies the part of our mind where, where faith needs to live. And, and if we don't kick faith completely out, we just kind of shove it all the way into the corner because we've needed to make more room for our worries. And it's what worry does. It occupies the same space. It's why we need to rid ourselves, win the war on worry and overthrow it and get it out of our minds. Because worry is this thing and it stifles 
our faith. And most worry is unnecessary. That, that if we think about how many times we've worried and how many things we've worried about, is that we keep worrying about things that actually never even come to be. And that's why this worrying is it's just unnecessary. And we're wasting away our lives with our worries. I, I want to share with you this, this contrast between worry and concern. Because they have two different approaches. They're, they're, they're two different things. They're looking for two different outcomes. And they have two different results. And so I'm going to share with you five things as we contrast these. And, and these aren't going to be all on the screen at once. And so you're not going to be able to take a snapshot of all of them. So I'm going to encourage you to, to take notes of, of these five areas where they differ from each other when we look at worry and when we look at concern. So the first one is that worry, it creates self-centeredness. That's what worry does. It just creates a self-centeredness. We, we turn inward. We focus on ourselves. But concern creates self-awareness. It's not this self-centeredness. It just begins to be self-aware. What's going on? What's going on around me? What's going on with the people I love and I care about? Okay? It just creates this self-awareness so that there can be a plan. That worry, it prevents constructive action. That it just prevents it. That we begin to start thinking emotionally because that's what our worries do. It takes us down an emotional road. And that we don't think well when we're thinking emotionally with the things that are going on in life, the things that should be concerning. It's why the people that are wise go, I need to turn to somebody else and I need to ask them some advice that people that aren't emotionally dealing with this but can help give me a perspective. But see, concern, it promotes constructive action. It promotes that action. It's like, hey, I, I got to get rid of my, my, my emotional thinking. I got to figure out what's a better plan and strip away the emotions for it. That, that worry, it's unwelcomed by others. That, that when there's somebody that, that they are worrying constantly, they let worry move in with them or they're married to worry and you're in a social setting and they come walking up to you, you already are prepared. You're like going, they've got a reputation with you. You just know. And it's just gonna, they're just going to go down that road and start sharing with you. And you're like going, I just don't want to be around that that long. And so you begin to think of what can I say to get me away? And it's like, oh, there's jo I was, I was going to see, I told him I'd see him. And, I, and we, we're not honest with him, we, but it, we're just not, it's not welcome. Worrying, it doesn't welcome others in our life. But when we look at concern, is that concern, it's welcomed by others. It, it, it's, it's not this, this emotional wreck that comes to them, but it's a concern and, and a real concern and, and looking for a plan. That, that worry, it strains relationships. It does, does. It, 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 makes strain, it, it, it adds this strain. It adds a layer of complexity and difficulty to relationships. But where concern does is concern, it strengthens relationships. That, that it's a, hey, let's lean in. Would you help me with this? And, and, it, and it strengthens relationships. The last one is that worry is tempered with doubt. It's tempered with doubt. 
I doubt things are going to get better. I doubt I'm going to avoid this. It's just tempered with, with doubt. It's very negative. And concern is tempered with faith. It's tempered with faith. It's just, okay, God, I, I have faith that, that you're going to carry me through. I have faith that, that you're going to see us through. And, and, and the way that God's going to see us through, it, it might not always be the way that we want it to be. But we can have faith that God's going to get us through and that we're going to be okay. That what worry does is worry, it, it just keeps feeding the beast. But concern, concern is committed to slaying the beast. That's the approach that concern takes. But don't kid yourself because worry, it just keeps feeding the beast. So a second way to overthrow worry, the first is that we would seek God first. The second is to think differently. I'm reminded, because I'm, a, I'm an Apple fan, I, I'm reminded of what Steve Jobs did with a campaign years ago. And he did this campaign and been pushing Mac and Apple and, and he said, think different. And the whole idea of sharing think different was that was grammatically incorrect. That it should have been think differently. And he was just trying to make his point that, that here at Apple, we do, we, we think differently. And that's what we've got to do. We, we've got to start thinking differently. That if we're going to overthrow worry, if worries come into our relationship, that, that we're kind of flirting with it or we're dating it or that, that we've let it move in or we've married it. That we have to think differently. That Jesus addressing worry, it certainly was not the first time that God covered this subject. In fact, we, we see this being dealt with in the book of Deuteronomy, and we'll look at it in Deuteronomy chapter 11. And in Deuteronomy chapter 11, this is early on, God's laying this out. And, and what God lays out is he lays out this idea that living with concern for the things of God, it prevents us from having to live with worry. That it's really what, what God spells out, that, that if we'll concern ourselves, that's why we're going to live, concern ourselves with the things of God, then it's going to prevent us from having to live with worry. And so the nation of Israel, they'd been captive for a long time. They weren't obedient to God, and that's how he disciplined them and let them be slaves to the Egyptians. He's freed them from that. He's ready to give them their promised land, Israel. The nation had that land, Israel. And so he wants the Israelites to have their, They've never had their own land. They've never been able to occupy their own territory. And God's ready to, to deliver this and to be able to give this to them. And so he's just sharing with the Israelites what, what he's done. And he's telling them that they need to love God. And they need to keep his requirements and keep his commands, his decrees, and his laws that he's laid out. He's trying to get them to remember all the things that he's done for them. And what they've done, what they've caused him to discipline them to do because of their choices. So he's, he's bringing all of this to mind. And we're going to pick this up. In Deuteronomy chapter 11, starting in verse 5, he says, It was not your children who saw what he did for you in the wilderness until you arrived at this place. They're, they're about ready to cross over. They can see the land, but they haven't occupied it yet. And then so they're getting ready to move and go across this Jordan River to get to the land that God has been promising them. And this land was a land that's called flowing with milk and honey. 
because of how great the crops do in this land. Skip to verse 7. He says, but it was your own eyes that saw all these great things that the Lord has done. And he's referring to how God's led them out of Egypt and he protected them when they came after them, these chariots, and how he drowned all the people because he set apart, he divided the sea and let his own people get across on dry land. It wasn't just that he parted the sea and they walked across on mud. It was parted the sea and dry ground. They walked across that. And then he let all those waters crash back in because the the Egyptians and Pharaoh were chasing after them to try to bring them back. Over a million people they were chasing after to do this to. He says, your, your kids, they weren't there. They'd been in the wilderness for 40 years. They're just now getting ready to, they haven't seen this. They don't know all the things that God has done for them. Verse eight, observe therefore all the commands that I am giving you, that I'm giving you today so that you may have the strength to go in and take over the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. And so that you may live long in the land the Lord swore to your ancestors to give to them and their descendants a land flowing with milk and honey. The land you are entering to take over is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you planted your seed and irrigated it by foot as in a vegetable garden. But the land you are crossing the Jordan to take possession of is the land of mountains and valleys that drinks rain from heaven. It is a land that the Lord your God cares for. The land, the, the eyes of the Lord your God are continually on it from beginning of the year to its end. And he's constantly providing for it. So, if you are faithful to obey the commands I am giving you today, to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and all your soul. In other words, if you'll concern yourself, not worry about it, but you'll concern yourself with this. Verse 14, then I will send rain on your land in its season, both autumn and spring rains, so that you may gather in your grain, new wine and olive oil. I will provide grass in the fields for your cattle and you will eat and be satisfied. So you don't have to worry about what you're going to eat, but you do need to concern yourself with following and obeying God and his instruction. This is what God told the Israelites. And so think of it this way. Turning to God is a turning away from your worries. That turning to God is a turning away from your worries. That, that we go, hey, I've got all these future potential worries. And, and, and I don't want to have them. And so I need to address them to God. That I, I, I need to give these over to him. That I just need to take all of these worries that I have put them in an envelope that we, that we address, I address to God. And you have to turn your back on worries in order to turn to address and hand them over to God. It's a turning away from your worries and it's a turning to God. That as we do this, just think about it this way. 
that, that worrying, when we think about worry, is that worry, it files issues. That's what it does. I'm just going to file these, compartmentalize them, put them in, categorize them. Worry files issues. But concern, it addresses, literally addresses issues and sends them to God. That's what concern does. That anxiety has a plan. Its only plan is to promote worry. Worry has a plan. Its only plan is to promote anxiety. This isn't what we want to be doing and want to be about. Finish this up in Deuteronomy, verse 16. Be careful, or you will be enticed to turn away and to worship other gods and to bow down to them. The concern, it's, it's having an issue that, that requires a plan. It says, then the Lord's anger will burn against you. If this is what you do, start worshiping others will burn against you and he will shut up the heavens so that it will not rain and the ground will not yield No, 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 it will, I can't even read, I'm sorry. And the ground will yield no produce and you will soon perish from the good land the Lord is giving you. If we don't concern ourselves with the things of God, fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. That we would do this, that we would think differently when we're sitting at home. That we would think differently when we, when we walk. We would think differently when we lie down. We'd think differently when we, when we wake up, when we, when we get up. That we would be thinking about what God has showed us and what God is leading us toward. That worrying Worrying is the act of abusing a concern. There's a concern and there's an issue, and, but worry just abuses concerns. And so we, we don't need to worry. Instead, we just need to be concerned. And maybe, maybe you're somebody that, if you're honest, whether you're watching, whether you're listening to an audio podcast, whether you are here, Maybe if you're honest, you'd be going, you know what, I, I'm worried about where I'm going to spend eternity. I'm worried that I'm not good enough. I'm worried that, that what I've already done in my life, that I've already blown it, and God's not going to take me, God's not going to accept me. And that you're worried about that. But that's something you don't ever have to be worried about. We need to be concerned about it. But we don't have to worry about it. And so what we need to do is we need to be concerned about having a relationship with Jesus because of what he's done for us that allows us to have a right relationship with our Heavenly Father and to go to God. It's because of what he's done for us on the cross of giving his life, spilling his blood, paying the penalty of sin, which is giving life blood. He has done. And he's risen from the dead. He's conquered death to show us that he did that. And he did just what he said he would do. I'm gonna ask you to just bow your heads. If you're watching and you're at home and you want to be that person that makes a decision for Christ, that that you don't have to worry anymore and and that you want that assurance, you want to concern yourself, then you can find out more about that by texting the word next step 247 to 75787. That if you're here 
that what you can do is, is you can just say a prayer to your Heavenly Father to begin this relationship that you're going to concern yourself with so that you can have that right standing with God. So I'm going to ask you as you have your heads bowed, that, that, is there anybody here that would say, you know what, Will, I, if I'm honest with myself, I've come in here and I, I was at a place that I'm worried about my eternity. And I don't want to have to worry about it anymore. Is there anybody that would say, that's me? Anybody here this morning? I see you. Anybody else? All right. Well, I'm going to lead you in a time of prayer. And I'm going to ask, if this is you, would you just say this prayer silently in your heart to your Heavenly Father? Just repeat it after me. God, if I'm being honest, I'm worried if I'm good enough to be welcomed into your kingdom. And I don't want to have to worry about that. And Jesus, you showed me that I just need to concern myself with following you, believing you, and obeying you. And that if I do that, that you're going to forgive me of my sins and restore me to my Heavenly Father. So today, I'm starting this journey. I admit that I've got sins, I have these faults, and I need your forgiveness. And show me how to live the rest of my days concerned with growing my relationship with you. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen.